Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And this week, we're diving back into 1963. 63. <laughs> in two episodes of 11, 22, 63. Before we get started, how was your week? Um, short. Indeed. The week between when we last recorded and when we recorded now was a very short week. Yes. It we're two we're, days. <laughs> we're, pre, we're pre-recording some things because yeah. I am going out of town. She's, so. she's going to have a wonderful time. Well let's, well, let's see. We don't know. We don't know how it is. Remember last time when I said about the 40 gifts? I still haven't given them yet, so we'll right. see how it goes. Okay. I believe we are not recording before it happens. Yes, I think Again, or recording again before it happens. So, I'll have an update next time. Right, and I'll be in suspense. I might need to have you call me or text me when it happens. I will text you. Because I'm very curious how this... I I think he's going to take it wonderfully. I don't understand the apprehension, but I can understand that for him it's probably going to be overwhelming. Yes. But he's a very good person. He's a good person. And so he deserves a good gift. He, my friend. My friend. All right. All right. You want to get right into this? Yes. Okay, we're going to do our best. I'm in a, an incredible amount of pain and I'm exhausted. So I'm going to try and stay positive for you peoples. Yes, for our peeps. For our peoples. Uh-huh. All right. So first up, episode four, The Eyes of Texas. Eyes of Texas. Do you know why it's called The Eyes of Texas? Because of the song? What's the that song? The Eyes of Texas Are Upon You. Oh. I don't know that song. I only know that song from Westerns. Oh. So I don't know anything else about the song. I'm sure it's the state song for Texas. Or I could just make up facts about it. Made up facts are popular these days. I don't like it. I know. It makes me angry They're and upset. Everywhere. But these two episodes, The Eyes of Texas and The Truth, at times... It felt like the perils of the Baudelaire orphans. Oh, yeah, you know? a little, yes. <laughs> On today's episode, a safety pin. Like, yes, and I a still series don't know what that was about. of unfortunate events. Yes. Yes, so, yeah. The, mm, a lot happened in these episodes, but also happened. nothing really happened in these episodes. It, I think what happened is that there was a lot of lead up to long dramatic scenes. Like a, where nothing where, happens. Well, basically, it. <laughs> we'll talk. For instance, so episode four. Yeah. Okay? So Oswald in the beginning is practicing assembling his sniper rifle. Yes, we see him put together a rifle. And that takes its own time. But we never see uh-huh. if he uses it. No. What he, see that was a setup <laughs> because it it um it then goes for him after he's successfully assembled this rifle to go have his wife take a picture. Of him standing yes. in his backyard, which the is the very picture. famous picture. It was on the cover of Life magazine years and years and years ago. So that was part of it, and that I think that was an interesting lead-in because it becomes really ominous. It again reminds you of what the thrust of the drama is when you go, "Oh, that was that moment in history that got captured." Mm-hmm. So um, it starts that way, and then it goes into. And we should say that they uh, have moved. Apartments to right. right underneath. They're yes. not across the street anymore. They live right underneath the Oswalds now. Right. So now they're in constant contact with them, whether they like it or not. And Bill is getting a crush on Marina. It's very inappropriate very and bad. Pretty. This at this version of her is very pretty. This is neither here nor there. Yeah, but this is my <laughs> point. Though she's very pretty and very vulnerable, because uh, Lee Harvey Oswald's surprise is not a great husband. 
and very abusive towards her. So yes. it's just the right kind of pretty girl in distress. And he, mm. as we've seen, who's willing to completely overcommit to the idea of helping the assassin yeah. in the future. He's a hopeless romantic, so this pretty girl yeah. who needs help. He's also probably a virgin. That's something that we, yeah, last Cut week. Cut to, we're going to a brothel, y'all. Right. Now, that was a very, I, I think that scene was very funny. It was, I, uh, I, I mean, it's not funny in that, yes, it's a scene set in a brothel, so it, but it works out very well how... The Jake, Shamrock Hotel is the name of the right. place, and they follow Lee Harvey Oswald and George... The Shield, is that what it is? I always I forget his last name. I to you on his name all the time. Uh, to this place. I don't even think they realize it's a brothel until they're inside. I don't think inside. they realize until they're there. And then they're like, oh, we're in a brothel now. And, and poor Bill is completely overwhelmed, just like he was at the strip mall, because there's a lot of cleavage and underwear going on. the strip mall, the strip, strip club. club. <laughs> strip mall, strip club, same thing. <laughs> right. Those they are got, vastly They got into Orange Julius, and then he watched a stripper, I think is how it went. Jake decides to go upstairs with just the first broad to come along, who's yeah. got a bad leg. She's hyster- well, she, she, she uh, has just serviced somebody. So her makeup and her and everything is discombobulated, and he just grabs her right because he's trying to. Follow she looks her. fine. We got to go upstairs. Right, we yeah. have to go upstairs right now because he doesn't want to waste time and not know what room uh, Oswald. And it's not even what room he is. wants to listen to. Right, what he wants they're to overhear saying. their conversation yeah. if it's in English. Which hey y'all, uh-huh. you can't just stand outside of somebody else's room at a brothel. It's not a good look. Right. And that's what he gets called on. She's right. like, no, 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 we can't. You can't do that. That's but I, I love the idea because she plays this very the, the actress who plays the prostitute is very blowsy and weird, and her wig is falling off, and she's stumbling around. And well, she's stumbling because she's got a bad leg. She right, says she also broke her. her I don't leg. do anything standing right. up because I'm a bad leg. And she, um, which way to go. Way to advocate for yourself, lady. <laughs> well, I don't think there's much advocacy going on for her in general. From the madam who, uh, but yeah, and there's also the very funny moment where Bill is constantly being like cock blocked by Bill's Jake. Bill's downstairs, and Jake grabs this young woman, uh-huh. and then when he, Bill is offered uh, a similar companionship, he Jake just goes, "He's broke. <laughs> He's just gonna wait here for me." Which, first of all. Is this the thing that people used to do? Take their brothers or friends to brothels and just be like, I'll be back in five? Because that's why, ooh, my favorite thing that the that the sex worker said to him. Uh, it's it's $15 for 15 minutes. Uh-huh. It's like $25 for 30 minutes. You don't look like you've got an hour in you, so I'm not even going to bother. Right. <laughs> I was just like, damn, James Franco. Well, well, it's because he's rushing her upstairs That's at true. top speed. That is so true. She thinks, okay, this is going to be over really quick, yeah. and I'll be able to like, get off my feet for a second before I have to go back in again. That was so funny. Um, as it turns out, uh, whatever else Lee Harvey Oswald is, he doesn't seem to be interested in the prostitute. No, and that's the other thing, though. Bill is like outraged uh-huh. that he's there because he's got this beautiful wife at home. Like that's Bill's issue. Right, with a baby, a beautiful uh-huh. baby that needs constant attention, and Oswald also is not really paying much attention to the no, baby. No, no. Um, and then Jake tries to wait outside of George and 
Lee's room. They're both in there together with a bunch of girls. And, you know, he's sort of shooed off. Like, mm. the woman that he's with is like, you can't, we're not that kind of place. You can't do that. And then, oh, no, the police is. The police has come from the second floor. How did that happen? They were lying in the way. I, I, but... I don't think that that's how that works. Well, how on earth did Paul Rubens get arrested in a porn theater? Well, they went into the porn theater from the outside. Yeah, what I'm saying is, is, how did they they yelled police, and all of a sudden the police were coming from above them. And I'm just like, how did... Well, maybe there's a fire escape. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that is how. Maybe they came in from the outside. And then Jake and Bill both, even though Bill was not... A participant. Yeah, <laughs> Bill got the rough part of this get, deal. Uh, brought to the drunk tank and have to get bailed out by the principal of the school that Jake works for. And I was right. like, well, that's not going to no, go is, well. Yeah, that, that it, 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 there's a turn that happens in this episode in terms of his employment and his time in, in Texas. And that's, I think, a real major... A uh, hurdle that he has to get over. Yes, and uh, the second sort of piece of it is that Sadie, no, no, not Sadie, Miss Mimi, Miss Mimi, the secretary of the school, has to talk to Jake because uh, you don't have any um, immunization records, right? Uh, she calls him by his original name, Epping. Right, which uh, first takes him aback because he thinks yes. that his entire plot has been discovered, and it's as if he doesn't realize how outrageous his situation is. Right, and nobody could like this woman is this. just going to presume that right. she that he's a time You're traveler. You're from the future, aren't you? Yeah. So uh, Mimi tracked him back to Kentucky, which is where he picked up Bill. Right. Uh, and found that he used the name Jake Epping there when it suited him. And caught in his lie, okay. he says that he turned state's witness against the mafia, which doesn't quite exist yet. I mean, it exists, but nobody knows what the mafia right. is yet. And he talks, he, he basically gives the plot of uh, Godfather 2. Yes, he does. And says that the FBI has given He's him aware a that new... Michael Kilfredo. Yes. <laughs> given him a new identity to live. And well, I think that says, I like that scene, not just because it's funny, <laughs> the look on her face, like, what's the mafia? Yeah. Um, I think it is interesting, too, because like when he passes himself off as a vet, being with the 4077th, right, the, yes. the MASH unit. He did that before, it, too. Yes, he did it, that in the last episode. It makes it seem like he's, to a certain extent, and that's what comes, uh, comes home to roost in, the next, in this pair of episodes, is that he seems to, at some point, enjoy the fact that he's getting one over on everybody. Like, there are moments when he seems to relish the fact that he's making up these outrageous stories. Well, first of all, he's not making anything up. Well, He's literally plagiarizing other people's okay, stories. Well, that. But he's, putting himself in the middle of it. He's different. putting himself in the middle of it. I right. think what he's impressed by is his ability to pull these stories out mm -hmm. as quickly as he does. Right. Now, um... That's not going to help him here at the end of this episode. But before we get to the end, we have to talk about T.R. Knight and 
little Mr. Clothespin Dick. Did you look this up? Uh, you know what? Okay, <laughs> it's so it's a Google search I am not going to do. <laughs> as w- what happens at this point is that Sadie's uh, not husband, quite X, yes, sort of husband because he's not signed divorced. the papers. Johnny Clayton, which sounds like a a thug name if I've ever heard one, uh, he's refusing to sign off on the divorce. Jake sees her talking to him. Yes. And he begins to get very jealous and upset, and she doesn't want to discuss it. So he follows her out to her car in her parking lot, and this is something I didn't like, is the fact that he kind of forces his attention on her yeah. when she doesn't want to talk about it. And then she reveals um, that she had... Uh, A, he's not going to give her the divorce. Right. And B, they had some sort of weird sexual encounter on her wedding night um, that's left very ambiguous, but it involves... A clothespin. There's a clothespin that he has um, on his genitals. Mm-hmm. And my understanding also is that he forced her, himself on he her. Does, yes, when she laughs at the, the bizarre contraption that he has. Right, and, she, and they'd not been together before no. her wedding. She was innocent, as they say. Yes. Um, and he, she tried to tell her mom about this and her mom was like it's wife's duty to deal with her husband's foibles and make him happy and I'm like ugh yeah. <laughs> what a nightmare thing to say uh, and then she thinks that Jake is going to see her as less than which he definitely doesn't uh-huh. um, and then and then they, that breaks up and then Jake is going to follow... Is it Lee again, or is it George? I think it's Lee. Mm-hmm. Um, who's going to be introduced to, he thinks, the CIA. Right. So he goes to a, a meeting place, which, of course, is... Time's favorite weapon against Jake is sound. The sound of cars, the sound, the sound of dogs. Of really loud people at the next the table. Sound, yes. Yeah, things like that. Uh and so as he's trying to get up close to this hearing, he is almost struck by a large red and white vehicle driven by none other than one Johnny Clayton, who gets out of his car and you were said was really smart because he opens the car door and puts the door between yeah. himself and Jake. Right, which is, it is it's an actual tactic. Um, and it was smart because I think Jake... The conversation that come, goes afterwards is sort of heated. Would have hit him. Would have hit him, but yeah. of course he can always just sort of put the car between him and get mm-hmm. inside the car. Yeah. Um, but you see, earlier um, Jake had gone, and we talked about that, I think, last episode. Jake had taken, uh, or was it this episode? Had taken Miss, uh, I'm sorry. Miss Mimi? Sadie. No, Sadie. Had taken her to a cabin. Oh, yes. For physical consummation on the advice of his friend, the principal. Yes, the principal was like, uh, keep this on the Treat her right. Take her to Yeah, a... I don't remember which episode it was, but uh, yeah. pictures were slid under the right. door um, of them together, and he thinks it's the CIA fucking with right. him. But it turns out it wasn't. It was Johnny her Clinton. husband. Uh and so he says, that's my wife. She belongs to me. Uh-huh. Uh, b- b- back the fuck up, basically. To which Jake just goes, you got your clothes pinned now? 
and he and you can see I you very rarely see the color leave someone's face. Uh-huh. They do a nice job with she him. Does he does a nice job. Looks mortified. He looks wonderful. Now, we should say Johnny Clayton in this show is a true asshole, but he's played by the man who played George O'Malley in uh, Grey's Anatomy. Which is one of the most sweetest and inoffensive characters. Exactly. So it is was. weird to see him be this misogynistic and rapey and horrible. Yeah, and he's he does a really great job because he, he... He's got uh, the right... Nobody is going to really take this man seriously and all he fucking wants in the world is to be taken seriously. Right. It's that kind of thing. Yeah. He is slight of stature. He isn't particularly imposing. Yeah. But he wants to be thought of as this macho, tough And what's crazy is person. that Sadie is beautiful. Yes, so Sadie is stunning. So at no point did he ever find it an accomplishment that this woman loved him, that this woman was devoted to him, devoted enough to well, try to... Well, it's yeah. pretty clear from the clothespin and uh-huh. the fact that later we find out that his grandmother abused him. Yes. That... That nothing Sadie was going to do. I know. He's a broken person. And who's that's, never that's gonna one of the great help. pities is that you you can feel a degree of sympathy with him, right? To a certain extent, he's being sexually tortured. Yes, but unfortunately, his coping mechanism is to sexually torture his wife. Right. Yes. Just pass it on, and and then his wife's only uh, recourse is people telling her, "Well, that's your wifely duty to right. deal with this," which. Yeah, is so, so, so... This is what you signed on for. Shitty. Um, even if you didn't know it. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, so, and and Jake t- tells him, give her the divorce and move the fuck on, or I will mm-hmm. beat you within an inch of your life and leave you in a ditch. Now, this seems like Jake is actually realizing now, he and we saw this also in the last episode where he interrupts the, or rather, he's able to track down his stolen equipment. Yes. Um, he's now throwing his weight around. Yes, yes. It's, he's gone from being a school teacher to a man who literally killed a guy with his hands. Yes. And so now he's beginning to become a killer. Yeah, a little he, bit. He wasn't when he started. But he's being, also, like, gonna protect Sadie. Right, he is. But, he I mean, he has killed somebody. Dangerous. And now, instead of... Because we see the difference. Yeah. Um, in the way that he treated uh, child murderer. What was his name? Oh, Frank Dunn. The way he treated Frank Dunning, and he's trying to reason with him the entire time. Well, but and now, also... confronting this guy, he's like, I'm going to beat the shit out of But him. also, he knew what Frank Dunning was going to do. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what this guy's well, yeah, capable of or going though, to do. He, he took a much tougher line this time. He did not start but by also, trying to reason with him. T.R. Knight and Josh Dumel are two different men. As it turns They're differently out, shaped men. I'd, They're differently I'd worry more men. about T.R. Knight because turns he's out, yeah. deeply cr- disturbed. Yes. The other guy is a garden variety macho jackass yeah. who has... And they both seem to have the same problem. They both seem to have this possessive problem over women. Well, this yeah. is my property. These are my toxic kids. masculinity. A common yeah. problem in the 1960s. Weird. <laughs> yeah. I just watched the presidential debate. It's a common problem. Now. Uh, um, and then so Jake kind of has to give up on what he's doing, and he goes to Sadie's. He brings her a present. He brings her flowers and chocolate. Mm-hmm. The most stereotypical of geeks. Hey, 1963. It was still an original idea. 
You know what? I've never gotten what? flowers and chocolate. So you've never gotten flowers and no. chocolate. Note to well, self. Who's giving me flowers and chocolate? I don't know. No. Uh, so as much as I was like, really, Jake, Have flowers and chocolate? chocolate. I've never gotten a box of chocolates oh. and a and a it, it okay. that in that very stereotypical. Right. I'm not. I'm. I'm not calling you out or late. anything. No. It's just. So when I so I was like Jake really, but also I was like, well, that's nice. And he he says she's a wonder, and that he loves everything about her, which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the next day at school, she finds signed divorce papers, and she goes over to his house. No with, wait, there's something else that that got missed in there. Inside the signed divorce papers, oh, he wrote on a piece of paper. He's not what you think he he's is. He's not what you think he is. And there's also a major development that happened here that we weren't even told about. Which that? That was baffling to, I think, both of us at the time. Which is, Bill lives in a house next to Marina and... No, they... Okay. And, I was... I knew this the whole time and I think you got confused. Uh-huh. So, Jake has a house in Jody. Right. He also has the house that he shares with Bill, Bill right. the apartment that's in Dallas. Okay. And he's the, he's keeping both so that he can that until, teach uh-huh. and have that cover there, but also be close. Like five doors down yeah. from Sadie. Yes. Okay. Yes, it is very close. Yeah, because near the end of it's, the episode... It's further oh, than five, do- five doors. It's probably a few blocks from Sadie. Right. My sense is Jody, Texas isn't huge. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I have a feeling that... I, but yeah, she... So, she... um walks she walks to his house. to his house she brings him some enchiladas uh-huh. he's not there there is what looks like the yellow card man a yes. man in a top hat that is lurking in the uh, lurking in the shadows it felt mm-hmm. very much like insidious when right. that little thing is that little person yes is sort of the in the background and you don't and yeah sure if he belongs there yeah um so of. there's this figure in a top hat and we think it's the yellow card man it's hard to see um she doesn't interact with them at mm-hmm. all but she is sort of led by the sounds that she's hearing down into the basement where there is basically a sex tape <laughs> it is sex the audio tape it this is, is the 60s it is the the tape of it is a tape of Marina and Lee, and it happens to be sort of queued up to where they were having sex. Right. Um. So there's Russian and there's moaning. That's what's on the tape. And uh, neither of those two things is good in 1963. Yeah. Or two. And yes. then she goes to leave. Was she on her way out, or does he catch her at the bottom <clears throat> of the stairs? I can't she... remember. He comes downstairs having heard the noises okay. and understood that someone was in the house. Gotcha. And then he goes down to find out who is in the house and discovers her. She says there's no excuse for this because he immediately starts trying to make up another story. Yeah, what is this? And I'm, he's, I'm yeah, immediately sure this like. A plot of network or something. Yeah. And she won't believe him now. She's saying that. She's done and she's he's out. He's constantly telling lies and she's aware of the fact that he. And again, I think kind of relishes when he can yes, come up get with one something over outrageous. On. Yeah. But she can tell when he's lying to her. Yeah. She can tell when he's lying to her. Yeah, I said that oh, right. Oh, wow. That's, that's a, a woman can do that. Well, some. Yeah. And she's like, it makes me physically sick that you can stand here and lie to my face. Right. Which I, I get that. But also, like, you don't need, you can't know 
everything. But that's fine. So she storms off. Like I said, no mm-hmm. car. So they right. must live close. Uh, and that is the end of The, the Eyes, of, Eyes Texas. of Texas. Eyes of Texas. Is this the episode? I think Bill is also like getting smitten with Marina. He has introduced himself to her, even though they said, you right. know, Jake so, said explicitly they don't know who we are and they can't know who we are. So Bill, of course, has introduced himself as Bill, has given the daughter, her daughter, you know, found the baby's doll and gave it back to her. Uh, and has given her some cigarettes. I don't know. They have like smoke breaks together. Yeah. And there is an instance, and I'm not sure if it was in this or the next episode, The Truth, where he winds up smoking on the steps between their apartments. And then she like... Marina. She's beat up. She's got a Well, that was the first bruise. one, which was fairly early on when she just leans on him. Yeah. And the second time he offers her a cigarette... Um, they're interrupted by Lee Harvey. Uh, that's at the end of this one, the next one, I think. Yeah, I, uh, I'm not sure. Maybe. I don't know. Then we'll, we'll wait to go into it because it's not covered in the, the thing here. You can tell me. Uh, what's that? What were you going to say, though? Well, in that one, he actually confronts Lee Harvey Oswald, who then gives him a copy of um, a paperback edition of Karl Marx. Karl Marx, yeah. I think that's yeah. right at the end of the second we'll episode, yeah. But it's very obvious at the beginning of this episode, uh, of The Eyes of Texas, rather, we have him overhearing that same sexual encounter. Yes. And he can't listen to it. He can't listen to it because he he is so smitten with Marina at this point that he can't bear to think that this man's touching her. And there's also another really tense moment where, and it goes on, where um, they overhear... uh, Lee Harvey smacking her, Be- beating her. Yeah, yeah. And Jake is insisting we can't interfere. And I'm, and he's apologizing. He understands that it's fucked up, right? But they I, can't. I think that what's coming across, and I really like having now knowing that Bill is not a part of the book, right? Is that I like the idea of Bill as a person in the text because what it means is that we get really the conflict of being the person going, it makes no sense to allow her to beat the hell out of her all the time. Right, right, right. Why don't we just fucking kill him? Right, which is... Like, I think that's where Bill stands at this right. point. Right, and then Al's Bill's idea like, was... Bill's like, fuck it, let's to, just kill him. Al's idea was there's a huge conspiracy, and if we stop Lee Harvey, we'll just... Somebody else will it, do too it. Too early in the timeline, right. then and it'll just And we don't even know that Lee Harvey's else. acting alone. What if he wasn't the one and somebody else actually took the shot? Yeah, yeah. And he took the fall, so... Yeah. In which the, yeah, which is what the truth uh, sort of leads to. So let's let's right. get into the the next episode. So but it's episode, important to mention that part about him preventing uh, Bill, Bill from going upstairs because then he winds up completely doing well, yes. <laughs> Although for bigger stakes, admittedly, not just bigger stakes, uh-huh. they can't. It's specifically because it's Lee Harvey Oswald and Marina. Mm-hmm. If it was another, like, if they heard another couple fighting, maybe they would intervene. Mm-hmm. But it, because it's Lee Harvey Oswald, they can't get involved, involved well, I know, with but that. What I, what's important about having Bill be the person protesting that is Bill does not see the God's eye picture of this. Bill right. sees he's slapping her around. Yes. And Jake has the advantage of saying, of years, 50 years of, oh, we can't intervene right now because then we'll never know and right. we don't know if we'll ever right. stop. We're and and I'm only here because of that. But right. that's what I'm saying. That's that's different than mm-hmm. what he ends up doing with Sadie and right. and Johnny. But because, to go it, 
Because Bill doesn't know. No, exactly. Right. Exactly. And like, but that's what I'm saying. If it yeah. was literally any other couple, I don't think Jake would be like, we can't get involved. It's yeah. just because it's those two. Um, so we go into The Truth, mm-hmm. episode five. This is the episode that James Franco directed, which I think is interesting, actually. Mm-hmm. So um, we start, and the whole plan in this episode is it's time to see if Lee Harvey Oswald is the one that shoots General Walker. Right. That's it. That is this episode. We are in April of 1963, and it is going to happen. And they put it in place where, and they keep fighting about who's going to follow whom, which is pretty funny. Uh, Bill wants to follow George. He doesn't want to follow Lee anymore. Um, I think part of that is because he doesn't trust himself to not intervene mm-hmm. with Lee Harvey Oswald because he hates him so much right. because he feels for Marina. But also, he doesn't do a whole lot. Yeah. Like, he's at home or asleep or he's at work. Like, he's not doing a whole lot. So he wants to follow George, and uh, Jake is not letting that happen. Uh, what... I'm trying to think. Does in either the end of the Eyes of Texas or the beginning of the Truth, Jake loses his job? Yes, I believe it's the beginning of the Truth. And what is the second? So there's a morality clause, right? Uh, his boss picking him up at the brothel wasn't the tipping point. What was the tipping point? The tipping point was that Sadie told the principal about what she heard. This strange oh, audio in his basement. That's right. And okay. so he's able to go, I don't know what you're into, but it apparently it involves going to brothels and listening to people have sex. Yeah. So, so And there's a morality clause in right. your thing. And so we can't have you working here anymore. Right. Um, you know, Jake is like, am I fired? And because white men, okay, you'll get a better, you'll be able to get a job easier if you resign, now, is what the response I is. I believe that, Mr. Principal here, there's two things going on that we found out in the, over the last two episodes. One of which is he apparently has some kind of secretive relationship going on with Mimi. Something's going on with Mimi. Because yeah. otherwise... He cares for her... More than you would expect. Right. But we don't know it, that anything untoward and is happening. He doesn't seem like... And Mimi has gotten a little ill. She's, yes, she's coughing, and, and it, at one point she is not there. She has had to go home ill. I think that he's not a bad guy, and I think that he even says at one point, Jake says to him, I thought we were friends, and he's like... We, we are. That's why we, you were still employed after yeah. the brothel incident. Yeah. It, but I, I kind of felt like I liked the principal a little bit better, too, because in the beginning... Yeah, no, I liked him, you're too. You're kind of on the fence with him because he wants to ban books. And he wa- well, it's he, not that he, he wants to ban books. Uh-huh. He understands, I think, too, that he is a principal in a small town in Texas. Right. Like, in 1960, 60, right? When yeah. they start, right? Um, and he says, you know, he asks, what about X, Y, and Z books? And Jake's response, which was a ballsy response, frankly, was, isn't this the land of the free and the home of the brave? I think we can handle some books. Right. And Deke liked that answer, but also knew that those books were never going to be in that library. Like, 
he yeah. he's probably more open minded, and especially if he ha- it does have whatever relationship. I mean, he's hired Mimi, Miss Mimi, to work at the school, so he's at least progressive in that sense. But he also understands the framework that he works in, and the fact that eyes are on him because he is in charge of this children of this town. So the white children of this town. I should let me be extra specific. Uh, so, you know, he can't be that progressive if you want to keep your job. And I don't have, like I said, I don't have a problem with him, but it's just that, that thing of, no, I'm not going to fire you. You're going to resign so you can get another job elsewhere teaching kids, which I am saying that you can't do here. Not in my backyard, but in somebody else's backyard. Go get a job in the big city, maybe. Uh, so he does, he resigns. And well, he allows him to resign, and then there's another emotional moment with Mimi. Yes, where she, having seen the fact that he is a decent person with a lot of weird secrets, something's going on. Yeah, um, she's very sorry to see him go. Yes. So it's it also we cut back to at one point Al talking to Jake about wanting to make a connection because you get terribly lonely. Yes, and you have to you have to lie mm-hmm. to everyone. All the time. Yeah, and he does. Which I think is why he decided to teach again. Because the day-to-day of teaching, the, the actual English literature that he's teaching, he doesn't have to lie about, right? Yeah. Like, that is a piece of his life where he can just do what comes naturally without second-guessing every word that comes out of his mouth, which is what he has to do literally everywhere else, except with Bill, because Bill knows, right? Right. But even then, he can't just be him, because Bill doesn't couldn't understand 50 years in the future, right? So, yeah, it's, it's rough. It's sad. Um, and then Jake uh, and Bill decide that... They're bo- they they go to to stake out Walker's house. They say, you know, the bullet goes in there. It just grazes him. He's sitting at his at his in his office, and it just grazes him. It just gets shrapnel in his in his arm. Uh, they think it's or like scholars or historians mm-hmm. think that uh, Oswald times the shooting so that he can blend in with the church service that is letting out, which is rough. Uh, yeah, right? Is it 7 o'clock or 9 o'clock? I think it's later. I think it's 9. Yeah, so it's 9 p.m. And they're looking for where they expect Lee will be. They're both planning on being there the next day. Um, so they're talking it through. Uh, the plan is that... Jake will meet him, meet Bill there, and Bill will follow Lee Harvey Oswald from the apartment to the uh, the location. If he doesn't see him, if he doesn't see him leave, then he'll just be there, you know, at the time of the shooting. So because they need to see if Lee Harvey Oswald pulls the trigger, they also mm-hmm. aren't quite sure where he's gonna be, like. They're standing in the trees outside of Walker's house, and Bill's like, this is an easy shot. Like, from here, it'd be an easy shot. Right. The Why fact that, right. 
So, uh, they, so they're not sure. They're not sure. So then it's the day of the Walker shooting and Jake says, I'm going to head back to Jody. Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to clear out the house and make sure that there's no sign of Jake Amberson, English teacher. Yeah. Like I just have to, to eliminate disappear everything. So he, he heads back. He's packing everything up. He's looking around. He picks up a picture of him and Sadie. Very sad. And his phone rings. And it is Johnny. Here's Johnny. <laughs> and uh, basically says, uh, I've already hurt her. Mm-hmm. If you don't show up immediately, I'm going to hurt her more. And then he... Jake calls Bill and is like, not going to make it. Got something to do. <laughs> because this is time Messing. pushing back. And time right? pushes, time actually rears its ugly head a lot. A lot episode. in this episode. Uh, and so Jake, ru- and then that's when you see Jake running to Sadie's yeah. house. Um, and before we talk about what happens there, let's talk about what happens. So Jake is going to spend the rest of this this whole episode in Jody. Mm-hmm. So he's not going to be at the Walker shooting. Right. So let's talk about Bill at the Walker shooting. Bill is standing in the same trees that he was in the night before with Jake, and he's um, he sees Walker, and he's looking around, and he doesn't see Lee Harvey Oswald. He doesn't see Lee Harvey Oswald. It's 9 o'clock, so mm-hmm. it should be happening. He sees the church letting out, and then he sees his sister. Now, we learn later there was no body. There was no body found which is of why, Clara. Um, which is why, original, Frank, right? Yeah. Because there was no body. There was no body. And why he wasn't actually accused of the crime seriously, because there's no evidence that she was dead. Right. But You could say, sees, mm, she was just unhappy, right, and she, she left away, me. She's yeah. Whatever. So he sees her coming out of the church. Yes. And goes and pursues her and tracks down some poor woman walking through the churchyard. The churchyard, the graveyard, yeah. Great. <laughs> Which must have been terrifying. And and he's just like, you're my sister. I thought you were my sister. And she's like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, she apologizes mm-hmm. to him, but she's frightened. And he, like, he doesn't accost he her or anything. That, yeah, grabbing a woman in a graveyard at night is not, it's a, not a good look. No, no, no. Uh, and uh, then, of course, as he's getting his bearings again, gunshot rings out. Right. And so now we cut back to wh- where Jake is. Jake is at Sadie's house. When he arrives, Sadie is, uh, I believe, tied up, sitting on a chair. Mm-hmm. There's a bag over her head that is covered in blood. Uh, I want to call him TR. Johnny is there with a gun uh, in his shirt sleeves and just basically like, this is mine. Everything you've done is bad. Right. And now you are going to be punished. And he pours a glass of bleach for Jake to drink. Uh, apparently he's a bleach salesman. So that's a job that existed in 1963. I can see that. But then also the focus of a lot of his... Some of what he says is so disgusting I'm not even going to bother repeating it. It's... It's very yeah weird sexual... Nonsense. It's just very strange. His approach to sex has been ruined. He does pull Mm. the bag off Sadie's head, and we can see that he has cut her face badly. Yeah. 
so she'll have a large scar on the through the down the whole side of her face, and that's where the blood is coming from. And uh, basically, he's saying, even though he signed those divorce papers, so she he keeps saying she's my wife. I'm like, mm, but is she though? I think that. And because Jake is like, well, why would I'm not going to yeah. drink this? Because you you're going to kill us anyway. Kill kill her anyways. Right. Like that's not. Why would I do that? And he's like, well, she's my wife. So we can move on together till death do us part or whatever. And I'm like, well, who's death? Well, first death of all. do us part might be 10 minutes later. And so, right. Part. And second of all, you literally signed those divorce papers. Right. So she's not actually actively your wife at the moment? Well, they have to be filed after you sign them, right? So Not necessarily. Well, I don't know how it works in Texas. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. What the... Especially back then. Right. Now, yeah. what did you think of this? Because this is a long, prolonged scene. It's a long scene. Um, um, so they keep trying, like, they break various pieces of glass to try and get weapons to use against him. I'm constantly like, pick up that glass and throw it in his face, which eventually is what they do. They they throw the the bleach in his face, blinding him. And then he's firing a gun wildly, and they manage to avoid it a bunch of times because he has been blinded. Despite the fact that he's five feet away. And then Jake hits him with a fireplace poker, the pointy curvy part in his temple and well, he is distracted with that Sadie picks up his gun and shoots him. So it's like a joint venture. It is a joint venture. But she's the one that kills him and although I think that pointy thing in his brain probably would have killed him too. Well, had he not removed it, he would have had a better chance, but since yeah, he, he shot the chance, out of his face. Know. Yeah. So, uh, and then, uh, but this is, a, it is a long scene, and Jake and Sadie are working kind of nicely together. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, there's a, there's a nice teamwork element going on. Um, but it is very long. It's very long, and it's, okay, and I'm the, do something, this is an unfair piece of criticism, but it felt like, and I don't know if you've seen this film, there was a 1994 film directed by Roman Polanski called Death and the Maiden with Ben Kingsley and Sigourney Weaver and it and Stuart Wilson, and it was three people on a stage, and Sigourney Weaver is a woman who's discovered the, the man who raped and tortured her when she was a, a dissident of the political regime. Uh-huh. Uh, the, that her husband has helped him with his car and brought him home, and she recognized him by his voice. She doesn't. He doesn't know. Her he husband doesn't, doesn't know. Well, he knows about what happened to but her, but he doesn't know this he is the person know who that did this it. Was the person who did it, and she was blindfolded the whole time, so she recognizes him by his voice. Voice, okay. And the entire ninety minutes is her trying to. Is it Kingsley? That is Kingsley. Oh, it is a. This is a masterclass in acting. Three actors is directed by Roman Polanski, who knows something about weird, yeah, and evil, frankly. Um, and it's just done in a house on the coast, and there's a constant rotating light from a lighthouse. Oh, interesting, and yeah. And so it's just creepy and weird and dark. And intense, like, and you're very just like, intense. yeah. And there's a lot of violence to it, too. And so it felt like this was James Franco trying to do something similar, where he had three characters in right, the setting. Right, The problem is there are so many opportunities that they had to rest the gun. Right, but they're them. also not right. I, and I understand that. Could, like, you always do that. You're like, just get the gun away from him. And I'm like... I understand. There's a step that some people have to take to get past that. There, Yes. Yeah. I I would get shot if I tried to take the gun out of somebody's hand in yeah. 90% of cases. 
right? Like, right. so that's I, not just a skill set that everybody has. I, I have to say, though, in the favor of this film, despite the fact that it didn't have all the other atmospheric things going for it, it did have, like you said, a really good relationship between Sadie and Jake, Sadie really, and Jake really work, work well together. And, 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 yeah. and constantly, Johnny is on the outside of it. Right. And, and, and they're throwing out enough to keep him off balance without pushing him into just having him shoot them. Right. I I was a little I was a little sure when she brought up the grandmother right. and the fact that he was twelve. Yeah. What it's very vague. You're not getting any actual explicit detail. Uh-huh. But once again, color draining from his face, but it's not He's he very doesn't good. say enough. He is really he good. He should do more. I, yes. His his work in here uh, like you said the way his face just loses all tension and goes slack. He can, he and goes he from... Through, she shouldn't have, she shouldn't have told you that. It's like he's struggling with he it. He goes yeah. from being in 100% control to going, you know, to being so blindsided. Right. And, yeah, it is an incredible piece of acting because he knows what the, like, he's read the script. He's right. not actually being blindsided. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and so it, um, it really, speaks well to his performance because he's thinking. He's, yes. And it, it's very when funny, Acting uh, is reacting, right. and he is great at Michael it. Michael Caine's whole thing about acting, what do I do when a person has a long speech and I'm just sitting there receiving it, and Michael Caine's advice to this young actor was think about all the things that you want to say that you don't. And so there's a lot like, of like listen to the right. words and come up with those I'm responses. Right, exactly. But don't. But don't. Don't the say script it. That's says how you didn't you, say it. But that is being what an would happen. Listener in yeah. the performance, and if you're doing that and internalizing it that way, it's going to come out in your face. Mm-hmm. And it really feels like when she brings up what your grandmother did to yeah. you, like there's a memory being pulled out of his Absolutely. head that he's trying to stamp down. Yep. And so he's an amazing asset to this to this role. Yes. I mean, he it's it's almost a pity that what happens to him that he gets killed because he is Frank Dunning. You could see a mile away coming. This yeah. guy was just this guy very much a sociopath, right? Yeah. Very much a person who is perfect on the outside, mm-hmm. deeply flawed on the in the middle, right? Like, right. Uh, like you know, many of us are, uh, but yeah, no, he he's really really good in this, and right. I I've always loved. I mean, I've watched all of Grey's Anatomy more mm-hmm. than once, um, and I love that his character. I love that him as an actor, and yeah. I, he's not in very much. He and doesn't it's a shame. seem to be much. I understand the reason why he left Grey's Anatomy was essentially being bullied by a, another actor. Well, no. That was part of it. That least. was part of it, yeah. but it, the other actor got booted before he right. left. He left after like six seasons because he was like, I, I need oh, to I do other was, things. there was something more immediate than that. or Mm-mm. Okay. Mine's... I believe Isaiah Washington had been removed from the show before T.R. Knight left. Okay. As I... There's a lot of seasons, it's and also, I can't remember all yeah, of it. Yeah, I think it. he might have been. I, I stopped watching after a while His, because... The, the episode where he yeah. dies is... The, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of reasons why I stopped watching it. One of them was just like, oh, good God, this is a medical drama, and everyone's going to the closet and having sex. Yeah, so, it's it pretty like, good. After a while, it got to be okay. That's... <laughs> I feel like they've veered away, not entirely away mm-hmm. from that, but they have veered away from that a little bit in the last couple of seasons. But 
I will say for Grey's Anatomy, this is my last thing on Grey's Anatomy. Uh, Alex left. Uh-huh. It's only Meredith Grey now. I mean, she's it's a her and Bailey, and um, yeah, I don't even know the, the chief mm-hmm. who's not the chief anymore. Those are the only three from the original series it's or one the of those original shows. Season. Though I was just until you started watching it, I was completely unaware it was still on television. Yes. It's like, oh my god, this has been going on forever. Yeah, and I, I, I watch it now. I uh, didn't always watch it right. because I don't think I could track. I don't think there's anything I've watched for twenty years, like mm. in a row. I think <laughs> the only thing I followed for a long time probably was Law and Order. It's not twenty years. It's I think six, they're in their sixteenth yeah. this year. And and Law and Order has such frequent cast yes. changes. Yeah, that and it's you don't have to like there's it's not an overall narrative. No, no, it I is, don't have to follow the, the yeah. which is exactly the point. You don't follow the personal lives of these people. No. You follow the no. Work. That's explicitly the right. point of uh of, well not. Of the original right. Law Order. That's, that's not all true. About the people, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. So, sorry about that. Grey's Anatomy Corner. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. No, T.R. Knight is great in this episode. And when he dies, you're like, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then Jake uh, calls 911 and the ambulance comes and takes Sadie to the hospital. Jake goes and follows her. Um, Calls Deke. Deke is there. Principal Deke, who turns like is worth his weight in gold at the end yes. of this episode, um, because he's about to get interrogated by a cop. Uh, J- uh, uh, Jake is. Jake is. Yeah. And um, and Principal Deke steps in and says, "Hey, aren't you the guy who won the winning football touchdown in Some, whatever? Blah, 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 whatever. Blah. Yeah. You have better things to do than interrogate this man." Blah. Yeah. And he totally. It's really funny because. He totally takes control of the situation, yep. gets Jake in the ambulance, uh, calms this cop down, yeah. right? Because and the cop does have a very good reason for going. So somebody kill this man. Yeah, I met. This, this is a like crime scene. You cannot leave. Yeah. in this residential neighborhood. Yeah, could somebody please explain to me whether the man was killed by a poker to the head or whether he was shot in the chest? Who killed him? Stuff like that. Uh, and so, you've got a coroner for this. Well, yeah, but know. He, you know, he's, he's like, it. you know where I'm going. I'm yeah. going to the hospital. Right. Um, and yeah, Deke gets gets him out, and then and then Deke has the kids rounded up. Deke rounds up the kids, mm-hmm. and um, they're very cute. They're like, we want to donate blood. Uh, so Sadie goes into <laughs> well, that's very cute. It's like, what if they're not the same blood type? It's well, don't, don't just for anybody, like, for everybody, not right. just for Sadie, for but everybody. That felt very honest, like something kids do. They always want to be on, like do something, and yeah. so sometimes you're like, sure, donate blood. <laughs> I don't know what good uh, it'll do. And uh, so Sadie goes into surgery, mm-hmm. and then after the surgery, no, during the surgery, I guess it is. Uh, Jake does get. Uh, interrogated by the cop and he's like uh, he tells him explicitly what happened and then he's like and I'm not fucking sorry he's dead (laughs) basically and the cop takes everything in isn't writing and he goes aren't you going to write something down and the guy goes no need like he's the the cop's like we've seen Sadie's face we know that this guy needed to be stopped it was just a matter of what am I going to tell people because there's a dead man Right. right That 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 man was a psycho, and these right. people fought him off. That's what you're going to tell him. So yeah, so no nothing further is going to be pursued there. And then the doctor comes and just starts apologizing because they're 
This was really we, interesting it, and gross. But it's so gross. You know, we we not we don't have facial injuries that bad usually, and you know, our, we had the best surgeons we had. But you know, apologize, apologize for apologize. And Jake is like, so she died because you didn't have the right surgeons. And she goes, he's like, no, 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 she's not dead. She's just gonna have a real bad scar on her face, and it's just like. Okay. And even as we were watching this... And I like, knew that's what was going to happen. Like, and I wait, was like... Ugh. So he's mad because she won't be as pretty as she used to be? Not mad. He's, he's ma- apologetic. He's apologetic, but he thinks that this guy's going to be mad like, oh, she was so pretty and now she has a scar. Yep. Like, what yes. the hell? Yep. Because that's that was all she had going for her. Yep. That she was, and she was so pretty and she still is. She, she still just has will a scar be. Now. She'll now scar have a scar is kind of sexy. depends. Anyhow... This is going to be a big scar. This is a big scar. It's I haven't seen a her. big scar. And she still says the same She's thing. She's still going to be right. beautiful. Right. She'll just be beautiful with a scar. Yeah. And, I mean, and likely she'll just style her hair in a way where it right. covers it much of the time. I mean... Uh, ask Padma if you can be beautiful with a scar. Yeah, weirdly, it's not that hard. <laughs> That's not what anyone's ever paying attention to with her. Although hers isn't... On her face. Oh, Marla Henson, the actress who was slashed, I remember she mm. did a really a set of beautiful photographs of her face in black and white, and I remember seeing that as a young man, just thinking, God damn, she's beautiful. But just and she still think about like, has. I understand. This I mean, is that is what, but two, that right? is what people. I mean, still mm. acid attacks. Yeah, yeah, and things like that because I'm going to take your beauty from you because that's the thing you have. Right. Rude. Well, that's the issue that her husband had too. Is that of that's course. all he saw? That's why he right. did that. Yeah, no, I know, but which that's... I think Jake kind of knew. Uh-huh. You're not gonna let her live because you have now destroyed her as right. far as you're concerned. Yes, she's not the trophy wife anymore. No. But um, there's a very sweet scene where he goes in to see her. He tells he her how beautiful see, she tells is. Tells her she's the she's more and beautiful he's than going ever. To tell her the truth. Yep. And he just goes, "I'm a time traveler from the future." She breaks out laughing and then realizes because she can read him that, damn it, he's actually saying he's the truth. The what truth. the hell is this about? Yeah. So that becomes the end of the episode. And it's a good one because now... Yeah, and then we pull out right. and they're talking in the in the hospital room yeah. and we just pull out as they continue this conversation because we don't need to hear him tell another person right. everything we've, we've learned for the last five episodes. Like, we just don't. One of the, the, the great... Issues for me when I went through um, Salem's Lot is that Stephen King had not learned the virtue of when to cut things out. And in that book, we hear the same story. It's the same story over and over again. Two or three times from different points of view. And I'm sure he was trying to make a point, but But also, to be fair, right. I also, in that instance, Mm -hmm. I blame an editor. I blame a publisher, too. For not getting an editor that will just clamp down on him. That's and say, what I'm saying. Like, yeah. just, yeah, I mean, that. I don't begrudge an author to put that in there three mm-hmm. times. Yeah. I begrudge an editor to not Go, be able to tell we, that we author. We know the story. We've been there when it happened. Yes, this is why this needs to get cut out. Right. Which you just did for me. Yep. You just went over there and said, took out my first two good paragraphs, and then I got. I, I didn't wasn't, take any. No, you did not paragraphs. paragraphs the first two lines. Oh, you, no, I didn't. I just you, changed the. Phrasing Phrasing. of it because the predicate and the subject, like it was a bad sentence. It was, it had a problem with construction. And at first I was like, well, but this is the the atmosphere I want to set. 
And then what I noticed that you did really well was that you drew my attention to not just the fact that it was flipped around, but that I it was redundant because the second sentence just repeats uh-huh. the first sentence with more creepy words. And so I'm like, damn it, she's right. And I, I know. I I'm a really good editor. She's a very good editor. You should send her your stuff. <coughs> um, uh, so I don't charge you, but I right. charge other people. Oh, no, you don't charge me because I, I, I got you breakfast this morning. So you did get me breakfast this morning. And lunch, so. as a matter of fact. I'm, you did. I'm Thanks for all I'm my meals. Good guy. Anyhow, my dinner. I actually really like these two episodes. I, think, I liked the second uh, one better than the first one. Yeah. I felt like it's starting to get bloated. I don't know where else it can any go. I don't feel like there's... We have three more episodes to go. Yeah. And I don't know that I feel like there's three more episodes in it. There was a lot of good drama, these two episodes. We didn't talk about the scene where Bill admits to Frank... Excuse me, to Frank. To Jake. <laughs> Jake. It's like he had all these first names. Um, that he blew it. Yeah. Oh, wait. That's the other thing just is... just turns into a bawling mess. In the hospital... Right. Jake sees Walker, uh-huh. and he's got shrapnel in his arm. So he right. knows that the shooting happened. And so he calls Bill, and Bill's like, I fucked up. Yep. I fucked up. I thought I saw my sister. I, 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 like, I don't even know what the fuck to tell you. Well, like, I think that I he, also, he takes it worse because he's really investing. He comes from a town where no one pays attention to him. He's behind right. the bar, and people just shove yes. him out of the way and pour their own beers. Right. No one takes him seriously. This is his sacred mission. This is him tilting windmills. Yes. And then he fails at it. Yes. And so it's crushing to him, but and what's even more Because also, crushing? like, uh-huh. this was it. Yeah. They would be able to take definitive steps. Based like, on what if, they saw. If they had seen Lee Harvey Oswald take that shot, they would have just, they would have been done. Right. They, like, but what makes it worse in this case, to me, or in my estimation, is that the mission that he had, he failed at, and now he can't even get Jake to take it seriously. Like, Jake is so concerned about what happened with Sadie that, like, I, he, just, he just walks away, he drops the phone and leaves it. And Well, it's not that he's not taking it seriously. Well, he's he, like... There's nothing that can be done now. Right. It's like, and, and so yeah. what is he going to say? Fuck you. I can't believe you right. fucked up so bad. Because here he is. Yeah. Also someone who did not see right. what happened. Even though when they got up that day, mm-hmm. all they all had to about, do right. was see if this was going to happen. Yeah. And neither of them were able to do that. And I think he knows time is to blame. You know, and he's going to yes. blame Johnny. And he's going to blame time. And he's going to blame Walker. And he's going to blame all of these other things. And he knows that there's nothing they can do, and right. they, they've blown it. So what do you say? That's the end of these two episodes. Okay. Next week, we're going to li- watch uh, episode six, Happy Birthday, Lee Harvey Oswald, and episode seven, Soldier Boy. We're going to then do uh, the following week, we're going to just watch the last episode and do a wrap-up wrap-up. Right. Because there's a lot of material to get through. Yeah. And I'm trying not to look at the rest of the episodes in the episode guide so that I don't find out something. The odd part is it's one of these stories that I I already know what happened John F. Kennedy, but... Right. Yeah. So... Not in this universe, though. In the meantime, before we watch episode six and episode seven, do you have anything you would like to recommend? Um... Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get into anything because it was we had a very short 
time between recordings. And the last thing I saw was Nola Holmes. Do you see my face? What does that mean? I am a, I am upset. Why? Because you should you want I know you're watching movies and stuff. No, I, I I watched a movie I really didn't like. Oh, okay, well, <laughs> and then, don't recommend that. And okay. then the other the only other thing I've done is catch up on watching old episodes of The Outer Limits. Um, don't have any recommendation about watching The Outer Limits. It's the Outer show. Limits, except there's one episode that you shouldn't watch: A Hundred Days of the Dragon, because it's horribly racist. Oh, other, yes, it's about a, an attempt by the Chinese government to take over the United States, and it is really a, period, a product of its time and terrible. But the Outer Limits in general, the original Outer Limits, which I believe was 1963 also, oh. because one of the episodes, the episode I saw last night, Here's Time Messing With Us, was originally, its broadcast date was postponed because of the assassination of John F. Oh, interesting, yeah. Um, and I was watching a very, very, very young Martin Sheen. <gasps> the episode before that was an incredibly was young... Was he a punk ass? Yes, he was, as a matter of fact. When he was, he was a... super young, he yeah. was always a punk ass. And he was playing a soldier who's captured by an alien army. All the way up through the dead zone, I right. think. Yeah. <laughs> and then he started being less of a dick. Yeah, the the <laughs> I remember talking to a friend of mine who had uh who had rented the or found a copy of the little girl who lives on the land where he plays a pedophile. Yes. And just being shocked, going, God, he was so wonderful as the president of the West Wing. And look at him, he's playing a pedophile. And I thought, up until a certain point, like Bruce Dern, yeah. in his career, all he played were... Those smirky assholes. Pedophiles and rapists and... Um, Sycophantic, I mean... Right, the, the two characters, uh, The Incident, which bullies, is a, a right. really good film, if you ever get a chance to see it, The Incident, with him and Tony Esmonsante, um, about two thugs who take over um, a subway car. And essentially hold everyone hostage in a subway car. And they completely break down this one young gay man. Oh, they go I have a, seen that. A black cop. And it's a yeah. great movie. But I it had is, to bail on it. I was it like, I... It's hard to watch yeah. because it's about, on a larger scale, it's about how the worst members of society break down, you know, one by one, the weakest outliers yeah. in the subway car until in the end they're about to attack a little girl. Uh, with a knife, and then suddenly someone stops him to stop it. And I'll never forget, because I saw that as a kid the first time, uh, Bo Bridges is the, the person who stands up to them. He's a soldier with a broken arm in a cast. And he's the only one who stands up to them in the end. The police come at the next stop and immediately try to arrest the black man who's sitting in the car. Of course they do. Because nothing's told, changed. Right. And it's really strange how that echoes to where now I'm like, yeah, that's absolutely, yep. this movie was on point. Yeah. But it's a really yeah. Yeah, it it struck me like a Hanukkah film. Yeah, uh-huh. and I can't watch Michael Hanukkah's films. Right. Well, I felt better because I, I, the, I won't watch Michael Hanukkah's films. The point that it comes to in the end about the way that we don't do anything until it's too late. Yeah. As a culture, they came for right. the mm, and exactly. nobody. Yeah. Right. And the the whole scene, which is what's happening in our country right the fuck now. Yeah. <laughs> the scene where he's they he they picked out this one. Very troubled gay young man who's sitting in the back of the, of the subway train, and how he leans into him and like flirts with him and then beats him. It's uh, really hard. Yeah, to watch. I I've seen parts of that, and nobody is willing to stand up because it's just one of those guys, you know. And and then as it progressively gets worse and worse, yeah, it's literally 
Yeah, but I mean, there's an that, outcome to it. Right. One of the things I couldn't say about funny games is that that's kind of just put in your face. Oh, I didn't watch. I didn't see the end of it. So, <laughs> right, so I, I, I stopped watching. I was like, oh, I see what we're doing here. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and bow out gracefully. Yeah, and Michael Hanukkah has said, if yeah. you feel like you don't want to watch this movie, then this movie's Which not for you. It's for legitimately, uh-huh. it's trying to prove a point to the people who are like, ooh, I want to see these people tortured. Right. And I don't want to yeah, see these I, people it, tortured. The point's not for me. I ha- I got it already. It's I'm, not my kind of thing <laughs> yeah. because of that. So, and, and I, I, I appreciate what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And I like that he has the wherewithal to be like, no, 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 my movie's not for everybody. Right. My movie's trying to, I appreciate to show you, you something. Yeah. And if you... Already, if you are if you are averse to this, uh-huh. you already know the thing I'm trying to get across, yeah. so you don't need to watch it. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, whew, I passed that yeah, test. See, I feel like, though you don't see that when you're watching an Eli Roth film. Or you're no, watching, because Eli, because the, they have a difference. The whole thing is that the... the torture, even Quentin Tarantino, yeah. is that the torture is, has an entertainment value. Yes, which is not with that maybe not with he right. is also uh, Michael Hanukkah is also targeting Eli Roth and mm-hmm. Quentin Tarantino but, with yeah, his film. But with the instance again, it's like that wasn't. It's not meant to be entertaining. No. It's meant to be really hard to watch. Yeah, and I don't. And again, want it's just that. one of those instances where it's put in such a at the end it has something to say, which again is a difference between me watching a film with just aimless violence and me watching right. a film that because I can watch a violent movie. Yeah. The Lone Wolf and Cub movies, those things come off almost as hysterical because they're so outrageous. Right. But, yeah, I don't mind violence. Right. I, what is it? I don't mind violence. Right. I'm a fan. Think about um, it. I, I watch action movies right. and things like that, but they're, I don't... Um, torture for torture's sake, uh-huh. regardless of the motive, is not my jam. It just isn't. I don't want to watch an hour and a half of somebody grinding down somebody else. Right. I didn't like. Like the I know people are terrible. Yeah. I liked the first. I I liked the first Saw movie. Yeah. I like a puzzle thing. I like a horror thing. I like that they just were like nobody's hiring us, so we're just gonna make our own yeah. movie. Like I think that's that fucking really good. I have seen two more of the Saw movies but not watched them. They've been just on like, you know, on in the background and then I I bailed on the because it 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 became, you know, torture for torture's sake. Right. Which I don't think the first one is. I think the first one has an interesting you know yeah. arc. And and for me, that's all I needed. The I don't need to see it. less graphic than people remember. That's true as well. And I think the same thing goes for. Uh, and they uh, get just they right. they ramp up significantly. Well, because they were they were working towards a different audience. I think. Yes. And, yeah. So I think that yeah. first one actually stands alone and, and and is pretty good. And I'm curious to see this Chris Rock one mm-hmm. that may never get released because it's 2020 and any movie that was slated for 2020 right. may never see the light of day. Um, but uh, Chris Rock's a big fan of the franchise mm-hmm. and has has done this new one, oh, really? which I'm that. intrigued by. Um, but I don't feel the need to watch the six in the middle or whatever. Like, I, I, that's fine. No, I get it. Yeah, 
Well, there's just, you know, a friend of mine uh, was uh, talking to me about the Hellraiser movies. Yeah. And Clive Barker really kind of shocked everyone with that first film. Where you go from there, I don't know. Well, that's why the we, second one basically is the first one again. Well, the first the one, but fir- the, also went what is into... It? Is it like half? I, I think uh-huh. it might be half the runtime of the second one is just ep- scenes from the first one. Right. but It's uh, a wild what, choice to do. What it did do really well was it, it created the second half of it was going into their world. There's a whole other mythology to explore. Yeah. But after that, it's these movies were so extreme to start with. Yeah. There's not really and, a place and to the go. idea mm-hmm. for for unfortunately for sequels often is yeah ramp it up right. and if you start on a ten, there's yeah. nowhere to fucking go. Yeah. Anyhow, this goes back to I aside from the one episode about Outer, Outer Limits, age well, <laughs> I'm really enjoying them. I saw Corpus Earthling last night with Robert Culp, who gave an amazing performance. I love Robert Culp. I it saw one with Ed Asner, Ed Asner last night. It crawled out of the woodwork. He must have been 35 years old. Maybe younger. Oh, baby at us. Uh, yeah, there was a baby Donald Pleasance in one episode, too. Oh, but hen- he always looks like a baby. Well, he's a henpecked <laughs> husband who finds out he's the most powerful being on Earth, Ooh. Um, which was really neat. So there's a lot of really good ones. I'm going to, at some point when all this is, uh, you know, when you're back from your trip and stuff, there's one or two I kind of want to get you to see just because. Oh, yeah, I don't have were, a lot of time between now and the time was, I leave. The cinematography was done by Conrad Hall. Was an amazing cinematographer. Working in television was amazing. You know, like wow, it was really beautiful. And that's when TV was like right a and wasteland these, that you didn't they, do if you were a film person. There are episodes written by Harlan Ellison. There, yeah. there's just a lot of great stuff to it. So yes, that I recommend. Torture porn, I don't. So <laughs> what? What would you say that you wanted to recommend? Um, I'm going to recommend if you're at all into true crime. Uh huh. Uh, documentaries or anything having to do with cults. Okay. Uh, I have binged. It's not done yet. Not done yet. By the time this comes out, it might be almost done. I think it's okay. a nine-part thing. Uh, on HBO Max, is the sh- and I think it's airing on HBO, is the show called The Vow, and it's about the Nexium uh, cult slash multi-level marketing scheme. Which is a complete mystery to me but it is it sounds intriguing the documentary the documentary is really good it's interesting this is the first episode i'm like i'm buying what they're selling and in the second episode i'm like i'm not buying this anymore i mean i like yeah it's interesting because Uh some of the psychological things and the the ideas make a lot of sense and then they just twist it like right. real bad but also i'm not a fan of anything where it's like yeah we'll 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 teach you enlightenment all you have to do is take all these classes that costs however much money right. and you're constantly trying to bring more people in to buy i mean it literally is a pyramid scheme on top of oh also we have a fucking creepy sex cult in the middle of it it's how really you can really judge when something goes wrong when it starts having the sex cult element. Well, the interesting thing for me on the sex cult part of it is it was both always there and out in the open uh-huh. and also 
nobody knew about it. And really? then they this got like changed. deeper and yeah, yeah, it's really interesting. And I don't know if that's entirely true or if it's just the way that the documentary is presenting okay. it also because, you know, people, it's really, it, you remember the What the Bleep Did We Know or Do right. We Know, that movie? Yeah. The filmmaker of that is in this documentary. Really? He's one of the guys that was in it for a long time and then got out. Oh, okay. And I just think that that's really interesting because that movie always felt mm, a little woo-woo culty right. to me. Doesn't it have that dude that thinks at water and makes pretty ice? I think so. I mean, it was such a long <laughs> time ago. Uh, uh, yeah. And that one bummed me out because I think Marley Matlin was the like host of it. And I'm like, no, I love you, Marley Matlin. What are you, what are you doing here? People are free to have their own ideas and also to run the course with those ideas. You yeah. Know, the, they change their minds, all sorts of things And happen. so he was looking for his next sort of... Mm -hmm piece of understanding of the right. of the world when he came upon this thing and got real into it and then fucking got out of it. But yeah. I, I was like, oh, you made that other thing. <laughs> like, ooh. And he's a, he's interesting. He's a South African um, filmmaker who was uh -huh. raised in apartheid South South Africa. So he's got and he's a white he's white right. white South African. Um so he's got interesting worldview anyways right. and then to be constantly like in search of <laughs> on top of it. Yeah, no, it's really, it's interesting. So I've watched, they've, as of today, which is uh -huh. the end of September, they've aired six of them. I believe there are three more. So, okay. uh, but it's, it's fascinating. Alison Mack from Smallville was the oh. actress that oh. headed up the sex cult, unfortunately. Pity. I used to like her, but so what are you going to do? But I, it, she was pretty clearly mm. brainwashed, like yeah. pretty clearly came in search of something and was used. Uh, but that doesn't make it yeah, okay that she excuse. fucking sex trafficked a bunch of people. Um, so, yeah, it's it's bonkers. And um, sh what's her name? The woman from Dynasty. Okay. One of the women from Dynasty and her daughter. Or she's trying to get her daughter out. It's yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot, but it's good. I okay. I enjoy it. So if that's your jam, The Vow on HBO Max or HBO, any of the HBOs, they're all very confusing to me. All right, that will that will be the end of this this show. Okay. We will be done talking. I'm very tired and I haven't eaten. And I'm falling down. Yeah. Uh, so if you have questions, comments, and concerns, or concerns, any either or, you can reach us uh, on Gmail at latecomerspod at gmail.com you can find us on twitter at latecomerspod or you can find us on facebook by searching latecomerspodcast in the search bar I remind you to take your medicine and we remind you better, better late, late than, than never, never.